This is the Dave and Checky Show. We got this groovy podcast for ya. Reviewing crazy tunes or quoting Twain and Sting and Doom. We'll bring ideas to share like bonus points for extra flair. Cause it's the freaking Dave and Checky Show. Check your show, we're bringing you this groovy review. We might preview movies, bake some bread, or drink some smoothies. So come on, have way too much caffeine. You roll up some rivers, I'll reference some Raffi. This is the Dave and Checky Show. Hey, and welcome back to Harry Hamlin's uh, House of Fun. Uh, hi, Harry, how are you? Good, good. And me being Harry Hamlin, uh-huh. you of course are Ursula Andrus. I would love to be Ursula Andress. Yeah, that was something. What do you mean? The two of them being married. Were they? Yeah. I see. I didn't realize. And she is 15 years his senior. I see. Now that is Clash of the Titans meets Clash of the Titans. Okay. Because that woman has big breasts. All right. I think we all got that. Uh, Welcome, 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 everyone. Welcome to episode number 80. Episode number 80. 80 of the Middle-Aged Cool Kids Super Terrific Podcast featuring your friends Harry Hamlin and that's Ur- right. Ursula Andrus. Yes, that's correct. Uh-huh. You're right. You're correct, sir. She's the original Bond girl, right? She may be. She's one of the Bond girls for sure. Yeah. I think she's the Bond girl from uh, a movie that doesn't, it's not even called a Bond movie. She's the um, European Raquel Welsh. She also, wasn't she Catwoman at some point? Or am I mistaken? I'm not sure. See, I think she was also married to John Phillips. Well, that is not true. It's not? I don't think so. John Phillips from Mamas and the Papas? Yes. Really? That guy got around. What is it about him that he was able to attract those kind of broads? Am I mistaken? Am I mistaken? What the hell? I mean, look at John Phillips. He's okay. His music's okay. He's no... You know, he's no Sinatra. Well, Frank says so, am I right? Sammy Sammy plays, you know, if Frank says it's okay. Boom. John Phillips, you know. Michelle Phillips, that's her name, right? Michelle, is her last name Phillips or she goes by another name? Oh, uh, Wilson Phillips, Michelle Phillips? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. Well, she was uh, what they call stunning back in the day. And then, uh, I mean, that that on its own is, you know, I don't understand. What, is he like some sort of intellectual uh, romantic or something? They were what a are couple. They what Ursula they... Andrus and John Phillips were indeed a couple. Oh, my God. What is it with that guy? Well, he had a type. I mean, if you really uh, yeah, look at... He had at... a type. It's called a vagina. Okay. His type was anything, including his daughter. Okay, what yeah. What am I... What is this? He Ugh. has... Michelle Phillips, Ursula Andrus, that's not enough. Then he's got to ruin Mackenzie Phillips' life. And Bo Derek. Don't forget about Bo Derek. But he dated Bo Derek, too? I think he was married Come to Bo on. Derek. Give me a break. This guy is an unsung hero of, uh, of uh, blonde chicks. He's, well, that's what I'm saying. He had a type. A type? Jesus Christ. Who what, a type? It's not like it was some sort of Asian chick with, you know, cross eyes. Oh, I'm. You know what? I'm. Conf- I'm. Conf- I am confusing John Phillips with John Derrick. 
Oh, that's a big difference. <laughs> I'm so sorry. John Phillips is a fiend. Yes. So that that well, you know, it's an, uh, those two are. I'm, I, all right, enough about John Phillips. Man was a lunatic, but obviously he was doing something right. The fuck. But so, I, right. I will. I need to sit and defend myself. Yeah. John Phillips, Ursula Andress, John Derrick, Ursula Andress. Whoa. Hey, now. <laughs> so That woman gets around. That's why. Well, no. Well, she, I mean, you know, we don't know if it was real or not. Oh, it's real. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. John Derrick had a type. What did he do? What was his movies? Uh, I think his movies were... Ten? I don't. Well, no. I don't even fucking know. Actually, to be honest, he, I know nothing about John Derrick, other than he married really pretty girls. Well, that's a good name to start with. I mean, you can't go wrong with a name like John Derrick. You're basically two names right there, two first names. So right away, you feel uh, like at home with the guy. I think is he the guy that was in? Yeah, John Derrick, uh, born in 1926. Uh. Actor and director known for The Ten Commandments, Ghost Can't Do It, and Bolero. Was married to Bo Derek, Linda Evans, Ursula Andress, and Patty Bears. Ah, she's the odd one out. Who is she? I don't know who she is. Is she retarded? Is that the one he kept in the closet? I don't think so. She These must be three, his she must have been his first these wife. These three starlets and then Patty. Uh-uh. She must have been his first wife because she was born in 1922. Oh, no. Oh, no. Now we see his type. He's got a mommy issue. No. Uh-uh. I, th I mean, if you look at... She is four years his senior. Dated him when he was 12. If you look at Bo Derek, Linda Evans, and Ursula Andress, mm. uh, other than being blonde, they have these really Big pretty... Tits. Okay. Oh, other sorry. than that, high cheekbone, like a really high cheek yeah. thing. They called... Uh, I don't know what they call. Okay, good. I was going to say something bad, but I don't even have it in me. Well, I, I'm glad. Actually, I'm glad for that. Uh, all right. So okay, here I found one. No, oh, just kidding. Wait, I got to remove my sponge. Oh shit! Oh, that's what she said. Remove your sponge. Okay. Hey now, am I, am I much clearer? Does that sound better? It sounds. You. It sounds like you. Are we are, on a boat? Okay, that's enough. Someone get me the supplies. What are you talking about? Take the wheel. I see something ahead. What is that in the mist? Oh my god. Okay, yes. It's a bad Stephen King movie. I gotta go. I'm gonna go down below and get supplies. I did not like the mist. Don't you know, don't, isn't it bad when the uh, captain of the boat goes and gets supplies? That's never a good sign. First of all, he needs a, he needs a first, what are they called? First mate. Yes. What is this, Brokeback Mountain on water? Uh, okay. A, I, I don't know that, that many movies that go awry when the captain goes in below to get something. What? I don't know. You're like this a, is a thing. Like, it's a trope. I don't know. Magic Negro, captain going below. You know, all these uh, cliches. I guess I'm not familiar with that one. Uh, but maybe I, I don't watch a lot of seafaring movies. Well, you know how uh, Seinfeld always mentions Superman in every episode yes. one way or another? Yes. I just mentioned Negro. Dave? What? I don't know why you do it. I don't know. I just like to sneak it in. I don't, I don't understand it. I have it. a trophy on my wall. It says, most Negro mentions. Okay. I don't know why you do it. M&M. Most Negro mentions. Okay. Honorable, honorable award goes to... I'm going to have to cut all of this oh, out. Oh, Jesus. That's not bad. It's, it's not bad, but it's, it's also good. a little... It's, it's odd. It's racy. 
What's the difference between racist and racy? Well, racy is, I think, dirty. What's what's a racy, racist movie? A racy... Ra- oh, Mandingo. All the passion of the explosive novel that sold over nine and a half million copies has now been brought to the screen. Mandingo! Pure Mandingo! Mandingo. Hey, now. You said it, not me. Well, you asked me a question now and I, I got answered. Every, now I got another racist comment in there. What else can I go for? Well, we are here to talk about something other than John Phillips, John Derrick, and Mandingo. Ursula Andress. Back to Ursula Andress. She's quite lovely. I'm not going to lie. She's still alive. Good for her. Okay. Today's episode is all about... Clash of the Titans. 1985. Oh, okay. What was it about? Say it again. I just took. I just stole your thunder. It's fine. You, Dave. Nineteen eighty-five. The woman said. Is always the stolen. woman says nineteen eighty-five. Yes, nineteen eighty-five. Once again, I asked you to pick a year, and you picked nineteen eighty-five. Yeah. Why did you pick nineteen eighty-five? Well, because at the time I thought that year was terrible, but now I'm looking back on it and realizing it was better than I realized. I think everything is better than we've realized. Are you clicking a pen or I do I have chiclets? Is it bad? No, I thought I had some chiclets. I can't, uh, I have a, uh, yeah, I should have a different kind of pen. It's so clickable. Um, uh, so yeah, so now I'm thinking back on it. I'm like, huh, I would take 1985 over what's going on today. Well, yeah, I would, I would obviously do that too. Um, I would, you know, just in 1985, I, I don't know, I was 17, I guess. 17-ish? 65, I was 17. 17. Uh, but no, yeah. so I would take that. I would have, I would take it in a heartbeat, especially if I'm 17 again and knowing what I know now. At oh, that doesn't work. If I was, uh, I'm so much younger now, uh, I, was I was older. older what than is that, that then? Yeah, something like that. Once beaten, twice shy. Uh-huh. Never get fooled again. Okay. Dick Cheney. All right. You know, getting shot in the face with a uh, buckshot, uh-huh. that kind of stuff. That right. didn't happen in 1985. No. Back in 1985, the worst thing that happened was uh, Duran Duran. You, okay, I don't think they happened in 85, Exactly. Did they? I think they, we're talking about 1985. What was happening in 1985 musically? Come on, let me just jump shark. Let me just jump ship and guess. skip ahead here. Okay. Let what was me, on the charts? On the charts. Number 10. Charts. Okay, here's the top 10 from 1985, according to Billboard magazine. Now, Are you ready? Now, uh, let me just say something. In okay. 1985, uh-huh. I bet things stayed on the charts a little longer than they do now. That, that may be. I don't know. All right, so this is the charts as of that point in 1985. Uh, this is for the whole year. Holy cow. Of 1985. Do not look at my screen. I am not looking at the screen. You're just so... Uh, I can't help but look at you. No, <laughs> number 10. Huh? My favorite video of all time. Oh, wait. Is this the one from that movie? No, I know what it is. It's Aha. Aha. Take on me. That's number one. Number 10. Number 10. That's number 10. Now, would that have been number 10 without the video? I don't think so. That's, I don't know. No, I know. Okay. Then why isn't it number one? Because the video was not that good. Oh, shit. It's my favorite video. Oh, well, I'm sorry. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I like the other one where the faces morph into each other. Oh, that's you know what uh, I'm about. that's a godly and cream. Ah, godly. What are they from? Uh, what are they from? That sounds like a law firm. Number nine. Godly and cream. Is that an aftershave? Number nine. The Billboard's top ten from 1985. Madonna. Wait, let me tell you what song it is. Okay. Uh, last night I dreamt of salt bagels. Crazy for you. Number nine. Oh, that's a terrible song. It's catchy, though, isn't it? Eh. Paul Pesco. Uh, who's that? Uh, he's the guitar player. I see. Number eight. He's also on Daryl's House. Number eight. Speaking of Daryl's House, uh-huh. are they on the chart? They were still making records. Number eight. Records. Yeah. Dire Straits. Oh, man. Now, this. what could this be? Because this is after... This is after your checks for free. Is it? Oh, is it? Nope. This is that? This is that. Wait, Money 85? for nothing, 1985. Come on, I feel like that was on the charts for maybe a year or something. Well, this is the top 10 from 1985. I think that one was on in, before that, but I could, could be wrong. Be, I mean, it could be that popular of a song. I don't know. 1985, ooh, okay, what else we got? Number seven. Yeah. Tears for Fears. Oh, uh, that's got to be uh, the Dennis Miller theme song. Everybody wants to rule the world. Which is the Dennis Miller theme song. I know, you are right. Ah, you are correct, sir. Number six. I don't know you're going to get this one. Hall of Notes. Oh, that's, uh... There's a lot to choose from. They had a gay song in 1985. Oh, my God. Which one is it again? Out of Touch. Yeah... I like Call of Notes. I almost liked him enough to go see him. Oh, shit. We almost saw them and then we didn't. Who's you and I? Yeah. I was like, let's go to Jones Beach and see him. And then we didn't do it. Yeah. I realized, you know what? That's a lot of travel to see Hall, much less Oats. Where were we? In Englewood or New York or something? Something like that. Yeah, I gotcha. Because I used to live in Long Island, so then it wasn't very far at all for me. I used to practice medicine with a doctor in Angwood. I would prescribe things that people didn't like. Like hydroxychloroquine, chloroquine, or whatever? Uh, welcome to Dairy Queen. Can I help you? Number five. Yeah. Of the top ten, 1985. Another Hall of Notes. Chaka Khan. Oh, I feel for you. Yes, you do. Chaka, 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 chaka Khan. Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan, Chaka Khan, Chaka Khan, let me rock it, let me rock it, Chaka Khan, let me rock it, that's all I want to do, Chaka Khan, let me rock it, let me rock it, Chaka Khan, let me rock it, let me feel for you, Chaka Khan, what you tell me, what you want to do, do you feel for me, the way I feel for you, Chaka Khan, let me tell you what I want to do, I want to love you, want to hug you, want to squeeze your 
You know what I know about that song? What? My, my man Joe Martin on drums. Now, he's a Reef Martin's son. Oh. He, Joe Martin went to Walden. Oh. He was one hell of a drummer. But he's a before my time. Oh, at Walden? Yeah. Did you, you went to Walden? Hey. Oh, I didn't say that. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry then. Number four. Yeah. Foreigner. Oh, man. What you sure it? this isn't uh, Into the Midnight Blue? No. Oh, wait a second. Uh, it's not hot-butted. That was 77 or something. Yeah, no. Uh, All right, you don't uh, know what it is. Oh, yeah, I do. Okay. I hate this song. Uh-huh. I want to know what love is. Yes, you do. hear that song all the time and it would make me nauseous why because i don't know it was some sort of slow ballad and i just thought it was the cheesiest shit in the world because there had no there was no swing there i want to know what love is and i want you to show me Uh uh-huh do you okay do you want that (laughs) (laughs) oh god all right number three yeah wham oh man Before you jerk off in the men's okay, room. Okay, that's unnecessary. That's not quite the name of the songs. Is it wake? Is it uh? It's uh, wake me up before you go go. Really? That was 1985. Yep. How about three. Culture Club? Aren't they around? Not in the top ten. Oh, they were 84. Number two. Ah uh, yes. Modernity. Oh, again, she's yeah. the two in the top ten. Yep. Now this one is I Dreamt of Salt Pedro. No, it is not. This is uh Papa Don't Preach. Nope. This is Papa John Creech from Hot Tuna. <laughs> no. Uh. Oh. Nineteen eighty-five. Like a virgin? Yes.
very I good. I thought that was before then, but I'm, I guess I'm not. I'm somewhat impressed with Holiday this. Holiday was before that. Uh, that was that's the, her first I think hit. that's her first one. All right. Number one. Oh, yeah. On the Billboard Year End. Year End. That sounds sexual. Hot 100 singles of 1985. Yeah. Number one. Wait, let me just tell you what it is. All right. It's uh, bad. Michael Jackson. No. Beat it. No. Get out of here. No. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm done. <laughs> oh, never mind. George Michael. Oh, come on. He went, he went solo? He had a hit with Wham, and then he went solo? Yep. He didn't wake that motherfucker up before he went? <laughs> he didn't wake him up before he go-goed. Oh, Jesus. Go-goed all the way to number one. Oh, oh I know what song it is. What is it? It's uh, Limp Biscuit covered it. It's uh, sex. Faith. Faith. Gotta have faith. Nope. Uh, se- I want your sex. Nope. I want to have sex. Okay. Oh, that oh, wait, sounds oh, like sorry. a request. Never mind. Not the, the name of a song. Uh, the number one song, George Michael's Careless Whisper. I don't know that song. That's insanity. <laughs> Oh, I know that song. Yeah. Yeah, that's him pretending he's black. I don't know the words. I just know the melody-ish. So there you go. Well, that's interesting. All right. Fair (laughs) enough. Now, who was president in 1985? Reagan. Ronald Reagan, I believe. Okay. And we had Reagan's youth, the man we spoke about. Reagan's that's right. All right. That was happening. What else bad was... What else was happening? Well, we, the police were still happening in 1985. They weren't on Lord. the charts. How are the police not on the charts? They didn't say 19- they're not on the charts. They're just not in the top ten. Well, if they ain't in the top ten, they ain't on the charts. Well, let me see. Police not on the top 100 that year. Oh, my God. Maybe, maybe it's just police. This band very upset. Nope. Not on the top 100 according to Billboard. How about Night Ranger? Were they on the scene yet? Maybe they're. That's a little early. Night Ranger number ninety nine that All year. All right, climbing with a bullet. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yes, I think with a Sister lead Christian was coming up. It wasn't Sister Christian. Exactly. See, that hadn't even happened yet. It was no. Sentimental Street. I don't know that. Nineteen eighty five. A world without Sister Christian, ladies and gentlemen. Can you imagine such a place? Year Much less no cell phones. One hundred singles. We had CD players. 1985, I bought my first CD, okay? Let me tell you what it was. Earth, Wind, and Fire. 1985, you bought your first CD? That's correct. You are correct. Earth, Wind, and Fire. The end of 1985. I'm gonna... Ooh, I wonder what my first CD was. But, you know, I think... Shining Star was on the album. My mind. Is that why you bought it? Uh, I don't know why. There wasn't like a whole lot of CDs available. I just happened to buy it because it was there and I liked Earth, Wind, and Fire. Why do I think it was like I bought... Oh, my first CD. I actually don't even know. I don't even want to guess. All right. Fair enough. Oh, that's an interesting one. I'm Maybe Kiss? I doubt it. 
that you want. Okay. Now, hold on. What's 1985? What about uh, Kiss? Did they have anything happen to them? Were they unmasked? Unmasked was... I think Unmasked was before then. Oh, oh wait, 1985. Well, Prince. Prince was obviously happening. What, well, didn't Kiss come out in 1984? What, that wasn't on the charts? Prince uh, has one hit in 1985. When Doves Cry. Raspberry Beret. Raspberry Gray. No, Beret. When Raspberry Cry. Uh-huh. Ray Bradbury's Beret. Ray Manzarek. Uh, I think you're thinking 85 is uh, 83. I think you're naming a lot of 83 things. I kind of got three years from 83 to 86 all mixed up. I think so. I think so. Uh, I have to refine my 80s. Uh, I think you do. I think you do. Now, um, just to, I went through, there's a website uh, entitled uh, onthisday.com. Oh, I love that day. So I, They invented that day.com. Okay. So I went through 1985 and uh, picked out some interesting tidbits. All right. Let's see if you have anything to say about these tidbits. Uh, I haven't said anything yet. I was just thinking of an alternate title. I see. To the website. I see. Uh, in 1985, now this might be interesting to you or you might not give a shit at all. All right. The first URL was registered. What's that stand for? You are unrequited love. Yes, exactly. Okay. The uh, I don't know why, but there was this. They had determined that there was going to be dot coms. Was that Al Gore? I don't think it was actually. Was it at the uh, University of Berkeley in Berkeley? First URL registered symbolics dot com. Berkeley. No? Symbolics.com. Symbolics. That sounds like a group for alcoholics. And you can go to Symbolics.com, and it, it is kind of right now a... Uh, Don't go there. A museum. Oh, shit. Of early internet stuff. Oh, like a dial-up modem. They talk about dial-up modems. Uh, it's. I'm more interested in the guys who would make phone calls with fake tones. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, the, that little phone box thing. Those guys were the inventors of the internet. I knew that. I knew a dude who had one of those. Oh, hey, take it ish. <laughs> I briefly knew somebody who had that box. Uh, one of my favorite shows of all times premiered that year. Oh, wait, a, wait, a show? Yep. Family Ties. Moonlighting. Oh. Someone might Did you watch that show? Moonlighting. Now, I mixed that up with the movie with Cher. That's, uh... Moonlighting. Moon. Moon. Shadow, moon, shadow. No, it's the one with Nicolas Cage. And he bakes bread, bread, bread. (sighs) And he sweats. What is life? I didn't come here to upset you. They said bread is life. And, And I bake bread... Bread, bread, and I sweat. That's like some... Do you remember that one? I don't remember. It's like the one line I, I remember from that movie, and uh, and he's got a wooden hand. Anything Johnny's Nicola- got his hand. I lost my hand! 
hand. I lost my bride. Johnny has his hand. Johnny has his bride. You want me to take my heartbreak, put it away, and forget? That's what he says. It's I hysterical. didn't see that movie, unfortunately. But it's hysterical. I remember when it happened. I, uh, something moon, moon something. Oh, wait. What is it called when you um, have a second job? That's moonlighting. Isn't that what it's called? No, that's what this show is from, oh. that premiered in 1985. <laughs> With Sib- what's her name? Sybil Shepherd and Bruce uh, Willis. Yeah, that was kind of funny. That was back when Bruce Willis had hair. Yeah, he was Davis uh, Moonstruck. Is that other movie? Ah, Moonstruck. That's he a was, terrible title. He was David Addison, and her name was uh, Maddie. That's the next people who are going to be on our show. David Addison, and David, Maddie. and Maddie. Let's and see. She has no can, last name. No, she does. Uh, let's see. Maddie Madison. She was a uh, Maddie Thomas. No. Maddie Maddie Malone. No. Maddie Sinatra. No. She was like a model, like a supermodel or something, or some or an, Maddie Hayes. I loved Moonlighting. I don't know. Maybe it was more of a girl show. I never liked Moonlighting. You never watched it? Yeah, I watched it a couple of times, but I wasn't into it. It's a chick thing, I think. Maybe. I don't know. I can't comment on it because I wasn't into it. All right. Well, you don't have to. It was very... It was... Uh, it was one of those shows that people loved right away, or at least some people loved right away, but then it was like also plagued with problems because the two leads did not get along as far as we could tell. They're like family ties. Well, uh, family ties. Did they hated they, each other. Did they? I don't know. Oh. I'm hoping I'm right. All right. Well, the, the husband with the beard. Now that guy was all smiles on camera, but don't piss him off backstage. Is that true? <laughs> no. But could you picture it? You get him angry. I don't. I don't. I, w- I don't. Uh, yelling at Michael. I didn't really watch Family Ties. Uh, Mallory. Not, oh, okay. Anyway, uh, moving right along. Also, what happened in 1985? Spin Magazine begins publishing. Shit, cock, fuck magazine. All right. Uh, hey, I got something else for you. Oh, okay. Poo poo. All right. That magazine was. Hey, in 1985, is that the year that Rolling Stone turned from a fucking uh, shit rag into a shit mag? I don't know. I mean, you know, at one point they were like a newspaper and at another point they were like a magazine. Oh, that was 1985. It, are you serious? It might be. Look that up. Well, Instantly. <laughs> How about I'll look it up after the show? Hey. Uh, first WrestleMania. Mr. T risks it all wrestling for the first time. Teaming up with champion Hulk Hogan versus Rowdy Roddy Piper and Mr. Wonderful. Get your tickets now to WrestleMania on Pro Circuit TV. Don't miss it. Oh, well, see, every year's got a problem. I love, are you kidding me? I love wrestling. Who was that? Lou Albano? Uh, it was Hulk and Mr. T. Mr. Teat. Uh, and, uh, they tag teamed against my favorite wrestler ever. Do you know who my favorite wrestler ever is? Uh, Iron Sheik. Rowdy Roddy Piper. They Live. Yeah, that's right. And now, Paul, who's the black guy in that movie? And They Live? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, see, this is the society we live in. Everybody knows Rowdy Piper. Well, because he was a famous wrestler for many years. The man took off his glasses and he could see the truth. Uh-huh. You two can also now with new American Patriot sunglasses. <laughs> what? 
Okay. Uh, Michael Jordan named the NBA Rookie of the Year in 1985. First award honors the new kid on the block, the NBA Rookie of the Year. This season saw a number of brilliant rookies enter the NBA. But one player in particular captured the imagination and attention of fans throughout the country. His high-flying acrobatics and infectious enthusiasm helped lead his team into the playoffs for the first time in four years and was one of the major reasons that nearly doubled the Chicago Bulls' attendance. And from the Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's because of a little thing called cocaine. No, he, what, no? 1985, the man started playing in 1983. 1985, Michael Jordan is named NBA Rookie of the Year. Yeah, they cheated. Okay. Uh, also, Live Aid. Also, Len Bias. Live Aid. Brian Adams, Boomtown Rats, David Bowie. On July 13th, a billion people all over the planet will tune in to a music event that will never be repeated. The Live Aid Concert. Elton John, 17 hours of performers donating their time and energy to help raise funds for African famine relief. Allison Moya, from Wembley Stadium in London, The Pretenders, from JFK Stadium in Philadelphia, Queen. MTV will be at both shows and we'll bring you all the music live as it happens. This is what they mean by once in a lifetime. The Live Aid Concert, July 13th, on MTV. Live Aid, now that was good. Was that Farm Aid? Farm Aid also, but Live Aid first. Live Aid, that's the one where Phil Collins played one show across the continent, and then he flew to America and played the second show. Earlier, Phil Collins performed here with Sting, and then he was helicoptered out of here to Heathrow, got on Concord, and he's on his way to America to actually perform at the Philadelphia end of this extraordinary event. This is the thing about 1985, Phil Collins... Phil Collins was highly sought after. Phil Collins couldn't have been more popular. On drums and lead vocals. Could you imagine a Phil Collins, David Lee Roth presidential ticket? Back then, I think they would have won. I think that would have been a very odd meeting. It would have been, uh, no, they would have, one would have been president, one would have been vice president. Oh. What do you mean meeting? Well, obviously, Phil Collins would have been vice president. Okay. I'm sure he, he would have been fine with that. I'm just saying those two guys... Right then and there, so popular, absurdly popular. That's true. Phil Collins. I mean, can you imagine some third-rate or B-list musician flying from one continent to the other? Like, no one would have given a shit. But it was Phil Collins. He was magic. He played drums with Led Zeppelin, and he did lead vocals on his own stuff, I think. Yeah, he was, was, Uh, was it was his day. What? Uh, Fuck Amnesty International. It was Phil Collins's day. Jesus Christ, I was thinking of something. Yeah, oh. Now I'm going to be sidetracked. Let me think of what it was. Okay. Oh, God. Here goes the podcast. Take three. Phil Collins, Led Zeppelin. Phil Collins. Live Aid. Live Aid. Amnesty International. Oh, I almost had it. Tell me why you don't like Mondays. Ah, the good rats. Uh-huh. Uh, the Boomtown Rats. Boomtown Rats. Not the Good Rats. No. They're from Long Island. All right. Are we going to move along? Oh, or? that's okay. what I was wondering. 
uh, isn't that when he broke away from Van Halen? Wouldn't that be uh, California Girls? Is nineteen eighty five? That EP uh, was yes. Was that nineteen eighty five? EP. It was the EP Crazy from the Heat. Yeah, and the little movie and stuff. The movie. The little mini movie video or something. Movie. Oh yeah, like a long extended intro to the song. What was it? California oh. Girls. Oh. Maybe. Oh, 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 when they were walking on the sand. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, there's like a Twilight Zone. Submitted for your approval. A busload of tourists on a road the travel agent never told them about. A road leading to the shadowy tip of nowhere. To the land of the different, the bizarre, the unexplainable. They thought they were headed for fun in the sun. Not quite. These visitors are trying to go home again, but where they're headed is another dimension entirely. One of wonder and imagination. Fasten your seatbelts. Signpost up ahead. As they take a turn into the sunlight zone. Ah, yes. Yes. Uh, It was like a twilight zone and they were walking around the beach. Yes. All right, right. Let's get back to what you were saying. This day. In uh, 1985. Well, not this day, 1985. This is just 1985. Some shit happened, it's called. One of your favorite shows debuted. The Hill Street Blues. Golden Girls. Oh. Blues was already on. You really seem to like that show. Golden Girl. Who doesn't? I don't love it's it. It's got all the ingredients. Uh-huh. It's I'm... old time shtick. Uh huh. I don't. Uh, I don't and hate Kim. it. But I, I mean, Maud is one thing. Uh huh. But the character she plays on Golden Girls. Now she has totally refined her act. Uh huh. B. Arthur. Uh huh. Was that a command? Uh huh. Could have been. That's what her dad said, and she took it seriously. I see. Strawberry Fields was dedicated in 1985, the section of the Central Park. Special thanks to millions and millions of well-wishers all over the world for virtually willing this garden to materialize. This garden is a result of all of us dreaming together. It is our way of taking a sad song and making it better. I feel it is symbolic of our global future. Bless us all for sharing this time of incredible awareness and great hope. Bless us all for being on earth at the dawning of the age of wisdom and joy. May the birth of this garden be the beginning of the century of peace. May the garden give joy to our offspring for many centuries to come. Enjoy. Oh, that's how very nice. And the last thing I wrote down is somewhat interesting was Dwight Gooden wins the Cy Young Award. Oh, snizz Now, Dwight Gooden uh-huh. used to be on the side of a building in Midtown. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was huge. He was, there was a big close-up of him pitching. It must have been 100 feet tall. Was it like a Models ad or something? Or? I don't know what it was, but I remember it being really big. Yeah, he, Dwight Gooden and Daryl Strawberry were the were the pride of New York for about ten minutes. Yep. 
It seems like everything is a little fleeting. Uh, Keith Hernandez was big then, too, wasn't he? See, 1985 was the prelude to 86. 86 <laughs> is when they won, right? I see. You're talking about the Mets? Yeah. No, uh, yeah, yes. Keith, yeah, they, 86, the Mets won. Yeah? Yeah. We're talking about... 85 is a whole other story. 85. You 85, and now you've got nothing to say. Isn't 85 when they uh, traded away their... Uh, some of their players to make room... Uh, I don't know what I'm thinking. I don't even know. All right. Anyway. All right. Uh... I want to talk to you about the top 10 albums of that year. Okay. Top 10 albums. Are you ready? Yeah. Number 10. And this is according to Billboard. All right. Tears for Fears... Songs from the Big Chair. All right, I I don't uh, I never owned a Tears for Fears album. You never did? No, but this is pre-selling the seeds of love, I assume. So I don't. I, I really I really don't know. I didn't start listening to the to the Selling the Seeds of Love. Okay. And then I really started getting into them. All right. <laughs> Huge posts. Uh, Selling the Seeds of Love. <laughs> I didn't. Tears for Fears fan. I didn't realize. Yes. Uh, number nine. Tears for Fears. I mean, was there ever a guy who actually could say, I like that band? That must have been a girl thing. There's, uh, no, there's no man who says, hey, I like Tears for Fears. I think there are dudes tears that say for it. Is that what it's? Tears for Fears? Yes. What does that even fucking mean? doesn't mean anything. It's a little soy boyish. Tears for Fears? Ugh. <laughs> number nine. Yeah. Say Tears for Fears over and over again. Before you know it, you think you're a lunatic. <laughs> Number nine, Prince and the Revolution. Kiss. Purple Rain. I want your kiss. All right, Purple Rain. Never mind. Number eight. That was big, yes. It was huge. It All was. these are huge. Yes. Number eight, Billy Ocean and Suddenly. That's the name of the album? Yep. Uh, all I know is get out of my car and into my dream or some shit. That must be from that one. Get into my dream. Is he related to Frank Ocean? No. I don't think so. Number seven. Mm-hmm. It's a soundtrack. Oh, this one, the soundtrack of uh, Beverly Hills Cop. You are correct. Holy fuck. That's amazing. I love that instrumental. Okay. Who is the, uh, who did that one? doesn't say because it's the whole album which is a collection of songs isn't it uh it's not, not herbie hancock Hummer, is it huh it's not herbie hancock uh no it sounds like that but it's I not see. Did, i think i say that every time he did rocket number six yeah did you want to talk about beverly hills cop soundtrack some more no no 
Number six. Yeah. He flew from one continent to the other during Live oh, Aid. But no jacket required. That's right. I'm surprised you know the name of some of these albums. Well, I'm a fan of Leland Sklar. Oh, is he the bass player on that? He's the bass player on everything. Well, good for him and good for you. Uh, number five, Tina Turner. Oh, man, I hate this crap. Uh, that's got to be a private dancer. That is private dancer. <laughs> Ugh, see, there was so much shit going on back then. I was right. I take it back. 1985 did suck. Okay. Private Dancer? That's some hard... That's, that's gotta be the worst music ever. You think so? That's almost as bad as a total eclipse of the heart. Turn around, bright eyes. Ugh. All right. Oh, Mask of Bravado. <laughs> oh. Baby, come back. Okay, we can. We should do a show about just the worst songs. Your top, your top ten worst songs. 1985. Is that pre Beastie Boys? I think they hit it in 1986. I think I caught the wrong year. I think you did. But we're we're going with it. Son of a bitch. Number four. Eh? Wham. Whoa. Make it big. Okay. That's what she said. Uh-huh. Number three. What? My dirty. Some boys kiss me, some boys hug me. I'd be there okay. If they don't give me proper credit, I'd just walk away. Oh, wait. Which album is this? The Like a Virgin album. 1980. Yeah, she... Okay. Number two. Yes. Brian Adams. Really? Reckless. Is that the sum of 69? I think it's, uh, cuts like a knife. Ugh. It feels so right until you start putting down Chinese people. Then it cuts like a racist. That's, that's his current news. Uh. You didn't read about that one? Which one is it? Brian Adams. Oh, yeah, I, I did not, I did not read it. I heard he wrote it. Now that man is before. torn between two lovers, uh -huh. feeling like a fool, because what he is, he hates the Chinese, which is a right-wing thing. And but he's a vegan and he loves Peter, which is a left wing thing. Well, so he doesn't know where his heart goes. So yeah, basically, but, uh, he's pissed off the left wing and he's pissed off the right wing. Yeah, Brian but, Adams, go back to writing songs. Right, but look, 
this is what I'm going to say. Hating the Chinese, it's first of all, they're not hating Chinese people. They're hating the Chinese government. Tell that to the Chinese people. What, the Chi Believe me, the Chinese people also hate the government. Whoa, hey, take it easy. The CCP is the communist, Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, you know me. And it shouldn't be that hating them is right wing. Hating them a, should be the I got a podcast. It's called, okay. How does it feel to be married to a female Stephen Bannon? <clears throat> Hello? Anyway, I've, I'm going to take that as a compliment, motherfucker. It is. You should see Stephen Bannon's <laughs> behind. Le what? What? What are you saying? I'm saying anyway, I like you. Okay, thank you. I, I think. You shouldn't stand so close to those vegetables. I'm going to melt all that stuff. In there. Okay. In that frozen section. I understand. So, left wing, right wing, everyone should hate communism, and it should be a unifying thing. That was actually going to be the first verse of uh, It's a Small World. Uh-huh. But uh, somehow the uh, Jews wouldn't let that go through. Those Jews. That, uh, that's actually what killed Walt Disney. Number one. The number one album in 1985, according to Billboard magazine. Bad. Born in the USA. Oh, no. Now that is a commie song. Not a big fan of the USA. I like Stanley Clark's version. Yeah. It's quite funny. It's actually, he, there's a rap in it. It's a rap version. I think it came out maybe around the same time. Look that one up. Oh, it's good. Uh, Who's Stanley Clark? Yeah, look it up. Stanley Clark, the bass player. Who's the bass Stanley player? Clark ruled the world until Jocko came around. And then Jocko said, sit down, Stanley. This is how we do it. Oh, shit. And Stanley said, yeah, I guess that is how you do it. <laughs> but can you do this? You know that song, Born in the and US by did this. Well, there's a very good bassist out there by the name of Stanley Clark. And uh, I, I guess uh, he did a rap version. Well, this is like pre-Opie and Anthony, Opie and Anthony. Upset. So uh, let's hear this rap version of Born in the USA. By Stanley Clark, 271-2600, the number to call live. Oh my god.
in a little hometown jam with an automatic weapon in my hand. Setting me off to some foreign land to go and kill the yellow man because I was born in the USA. Wow. <laughs> that's some good stuff, huh? That's some that's some stuff. I will give you that much. That is some stuff right there. That's what you that's what happens when Jocko says sit down and learn. He has a that's him singing? No, I think that was someone he hired to sing. So what does that tell you? Yeah, Cause that guy sounds like classic rap guy from like nineteen eighty five. Yeah. Well that's what he was. Okay. That's uh that was hip, man. That was hip and cutting edge. That was really cool. All you kids better stay in school. Oh, boy. Uh, all right. I've got one more list. Yes. Is top- it political? No, it's not political. <sighs> it's Top 10 abortion clinics? David. Sorry. That's disgusting. <laughs> top 10... <sighs> top cutting 10 that Carvel- part out. Top 10 Carvel ice creams? That sounds delicious. Top 10 movies at the worldwide box office. All right. Now, I'm going to have to tell you the, the number 10 would be, I have no idea. Okay. I'm, I, you know what? You are right. You will have no idea what number 10 is. What was is. number 10? Number 10 was Witness. Can I get a... At the center of this film is an extraordinary love story between that simple Amish woman and the cynical big city cop who's come to live on her farm. Witness is really two stories in one. It starts out as a murder mystery, and it works very well as a murder mystery, but then it also turns into a touching human story about the Amish and their ways and customs and the feelings that this man and this woman develop for each other. That's the, uh, I think that's the Amish Harrison one. Harrison Ford. Yeah. Yes. I, uh, that was supposedly a good movie. I didn't either. I didn't see it. Yes, neither did I. I see. You just said I didn't either before I said I didn't see it. Yes, because I knew where you're going. <laughs> okay. That is really weird. Number nine. Yes. Uh, I believe this, is this a sequel? To Witness? I hope not. That's the a Jewel short of the Nile. Oh. One of the big surprise hits from 1984 was Romancing the Stone. I still think it's a horrible title, but it was a funny, charming, and rousing good film featuring two rascal jewel thieves, Michael Douglas and Danny DeVito, teamed up with a meek romance writer played to perfection by Kathleen Turner. She turns into a tiger at the end. The film was an original. Now they tried to copy it with a sequel, and I think they failed. It's the same cast, except this time Danny DeVito has many more barnyard dirty remarks, and it gets real boring quickly. So Romancing the Stone. Romancing the Stone was the first one, right? And right that's there. good stuff. That was kind of a imitation of a, uh, what's that? Indy. Uh, oh, 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 Indiana Jones. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, you know what? It kind of was, and it was, it, but it was also uh, f- a little funnier. You know, they were. So, this is the thing with them. This is '85, and this was uh, kind of like a throwback to like a, what is it like Doris Day, Rock Hudson, like where they these two were in a series of movies together. War of the Roses as well. War, right. Romance in the Stone, War of the Roses, and Jewel of the Nile. Right, War of the Roses was the end of it, I think. Maybe, yeah. But I, I honestly, I feel like these two had a good they had a good chemistry. We don't have that anymore. Hmm. We don't have enough of that. I think they tried to do that with Tom Hanks and um Meg Ryan as well. Yeah. 
they have to continue. Like I, I dig that. I dig seeing those types of movies, but that, that might be a chick thing. Yeah. I don't think dudes are going to go see Dustin Hoffman and Barbara Streisand. <laughs> you mean the Fockers? Oh, okay. Never mind. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> anyway, so number nine, Jewel of the Nile. Number eight. Yes. Cocoon. Now that was a good one. We won't get any older and we won't ever die. This movie is named Cocoon and it begins in a way 10,000 years ago when some visitors from outer space are forced to leave Earth quickly and they leave behind some of their friends in cocoons on the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. Now they've returned and their plan is to hire a boat, dredge up those cocoons from the ocean bottom and bring them back to life. I like that one. With Steve Gutenberg. Yes, and the old cat. Yes. What's his name again? Diabetes. No, the other old guy. That's Wilfred Brimley. Uh huh. He was in it too. Wilfred Brimley. I'm talking about the uh, guy who was. Uh, was he also in Trading Places? Oh, uh, oh, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Mistaking my old people. No, no, you, you're right. I, I think everybody old is in this one. That one cat was a class act. Was Scatman Carthus in this too? Were they kicking the can? Is this kicking the can? No, uh, uh-uh. uh. This is Cocoon. Kicking the can was a. Uh... Is it, it's not cat's eye, but it's a maybe it's cat's eye. It's a oh no no, it was kicking the can. Uh, I think the Star uh, Twilight Zone movie. Oh, all right, that's a good one though I'm too. I'm confusing my '80s stuff. Yeah, that's okay. 1985, I drove a Corvette. A 1985 Corvette. You did? That was the only time I ever drove a Corvette. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where did you drive it to? Uh, just around uh, Fort Lee. Whose was it? Uh, my friend's, my friend's cousin's, and uh, he had it for a minute, and he let me drive it, and that's the only car I ever peeled out in moving. Just, just, no. I was going 25, and I went to like 40, and it peeled out in the process. We had that Toyota that peeled out all the time. Oh, well, I mean, that was, yeah, that's true. What was that again? A Supra. That was awesome. That was a. That thing Supra. was a. That we had a Toyota Supra. I don't even know what year it was. That was an '85 Supra. No, what? it was an '86. I see. I got the wrong. Yeah, baby. We we only had it for a little while, right? Yeah, it was trouble, but it was an '86 Supra. That I that car wanted to race. It was terrible in the snow. It was terrible in the Rear snow. Wheel drive. But it it wanted to do nothing but go fast. You could just tell it wanted to go fast. Yeah. We had a couple of cars that we only had for a little while for the hell of it. Yeah. It was kind of fun. Um, all right. Number seven. <laughs> the Color Purple. Ugh. The Color Purple. An American story for the whole world. It's about life. It's about love. It's about us. Pee-pee and Coke. Were you were you a fan of the color purple? I was not. I don't like any movie where someone spits in someone's drink. I see. That's a uh, that's a no. And I don't like Oprah Winfrey, and I don't like Whoopi Goldberg. So the whole hippie is the whole hobby to me. Yeah. All right. Who else was in it? Another one. Who was in it? Whoopi, Oprah, and someone else. Uh. Anyone you say will be good because I'm the <laughs> Yeah, that's who I was thinking. Who's the guy? Oh, Dan, that's Danny Glover. That's yucker. Uh, you don't, you're not, I don't know the other lady is Margaret Avery, but I think you think it's somebody else. I'm thinking of someone else. Yeah. Never mind. You're thinking it's Alfre Woodard. 
Mm, sounds good. That's what I'm thinking you thought. All right. Alice Walker, is she the one who wrote it? Yes. She can walk away from me. Okay. <laughs> good one, Dave. Thanks. Okay. Uh, number six. Yeah. Number six is a, is a movie I don't understand. I don't know what it is. This one is uh, Dress to Kill. The Dream is Alive. Yeah, it is. Woohoo! Rock and roll. Who is that? The Paul McCartney uh, Road Show? That sounds like some sort of documentary on Martin Luther King. Is, is that what it is? I don't know. Hold on. Either that or a ski, uh, a, a raunchy ski movie. Oh, it's an IMAX movie. Weird. It's either Martin Luther King or a raunchy ski movie, or maybe both. No, it's a. It's a, I think it's a, a documentary. Martin Luther King on ice. What do you think? <laughs> you know, uh, you, you just I, have to I, find I, enough black people who can ice skate. I don't know that. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say no to it, but uh, I. Uh, MLK on ice. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say no. But I'm also. I don't think so. Yeah, it's a it's an it's IMAX movie. MLK on Ice. I have a dream to skate like a motherfucker. Here it is. The what? Dream is Alive, 1985, short. The Dream is Alive is an IMAX documentary film released in June 1985 about NASA's space shuttle program. The film was narrated by Walter Cronkite and directed by Graham Ferguson. The documentary includes scenes from numerous shuttle missions, beginning with the dawn landing of Discovery at Kennedy Space Center's shuttle landing facility upon the conclusion of STS-51A. Traveling on the space shuttle covers training. Oh, that's launch, great! Yeah, that was one. We all know flight. what happened in 1985 with the space shuttle. Was that 85 or 86? Oh, see, once again, my year is off. We had so much to talk about, and now so little. <laughs> well, just, we'll have to come back and do another. Thing about 85 was what. Well, it didn't happen because it happened in 86. That's very interesting that uh, an IMAX movie was the number six that year. That's the one they wheeled out and scared every kid in the classroom with when it oh, destructed God. in space. Uh, yeah. Uh, number five. Ah, uh, yes. James Bond, A View to a Kill. 007 tries to prevent California from sliding into the sea. I don't even think I know that movie very well. That's a Duran Duran one. Oh, Exactly. And I, I think offended. it's uh I was offended, offended. What? Which song is that? Is that the one with the uh Grace Jones in it? Oh, yeah, okay. She was an odd one. You think? <laughs> Number four. Wait, what's the song that Duran Duran did in that? It's a view to a kill. It should have been Rio. Is that uh, is that from Blame It on Rio? No. I oh, don't it's think so. Nineteen eighty three. Sorry. You gotta, you gotta stick to eighty-five here. Everyone, anyone here into Blemin on Rail? We're gonna be showing it later tonight. Stick with the girl you came with. It's kind of demented. Number four. Hey, dance with me. I want to be your partner. Can't you see? Take it easy. Huh? Who sings that? The dancing queen. No, I don't know. I Ooh. believe that's Orleans. Orleans, or not? They also sang "You're Still the One." Hey. You know what I know about Orleans? Uh, the lead singer. What about him? Okay. His name was John Hall. Okay. He played saxophone. Okay. You're right. Excellent. De Beers. <laughs> De Beers? He's from De Beers. What's that? 
I'm trying to do some sort of, you know, Ira. Uh, never mind. Isn't De Beers a diamond company? <laughs> I don't know. I okay. was thinking about giving you your own toolbox when you graduate. I'm, I'm mistaken. Okay. I appreciate that. Number four. Eh? Out of Africa. Through the eyes of a woman who wouldn't be owned. Why is your freedom more important than mine? It isn't. And I've never interfered with your freedom. From the spirit of a man who couldn't be tamed. When did you learn to fly? Yesterday. Out of a land of beauty, mystery, and majesty. Out of Africa. Ah. I hated that crap. You did? I don't Who think I was that. Who is that? Robert Redford? I didn't even watch it. I couldn't stand it. Was it? It was over. It was overhyped, pompous nonsense. That's like bread and chocolate. I don't want to see that shit. Uh, yeah, twentieth Central Colonial Kenya. Robert Redford and that uptight cunt Meryl Streep. Yep, there All you right. go. A Danish baroness plantation owner has a passionate love affair Ugh. with a free-spirited big game hunter. That sounds like a bad Saturday Live skit. It I'm really more does. into Electric Horseman. It's only got 7.2 yeah, out of 10. You like 10. Electric Horseman? Uh, actually, I don't mind Electric Horseman. Mama, don't let your kids grow up to be cowboys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Okay. Number four out of Africa. Number three. This is a movie I did not like Spies at all. Spies Like Us. No. Oh. Do you think, you honestly think number, do you think Spies Like Us is a top ten movie? I love that movie. You do? No. Okay. Number three. I like the song though. Paul McCartney had a brand new song called Spies Like Us. Mm-hmm. Number three. Yeah. Well, did you want to talk more about Spies Like Us? No. Number three. Yes. Rocky Four. Oh. He could have stopped the fight. He could have saved his best friend's life. I'll never forget you, Paul. But now, the one thing he can't do is walk away. Has the fight date been set yet? December 25th. Where? It's in Russia. Are you nuts? Miss Balboa, when will you be going to Russia? I'm not going to Russia. I don't know what you're talking about. He's had one professional fight, and one man is dead. To baby, he's going to have to kill me. Wait, is that the one with uh, the the Russian? I believe it is. Now, who is that again? That is uh, Dolph Lundgren. I confuse him with the other two. Jean-Claude Van Damme? And Val Kilmer. And Val, okay, there's no reason to think... I gotta throw him in there, too. You cannot throw Val Kilmer into that mix. If you were gonna be an action hero, wouldn't you want to be named Val Kilmer? That's an action hero name. Okay. Val Kilmer. Sounds like, you know, some sort of Greek, I mean, You think that's more of an action hero than Jean-Claude Van Damme? That sounds like he should be a chauffeur. Really? That motherfucker's a chauffeur's name. I don't think like so. Chauncey. <laughs> yes. Jean-Claude Van Damme and Chauncey sounds yeah, so much alike. It rolls off the tongue and mind <laughs> in the same passage. Number two. Uh-huh. Number two. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Rambo, First Blood, Part Two. John Rambo, Sylvester Stallone, the one-man army, goes back to Vietnam. Rambo, First Blood, Part Two. It continues the saga of the Sylvester Stallone character named John Rambo, a returned Vietnam veteran who in the last movie went on a rampage attacking the injustices of American society against soldiers who fought in Vietnam and then when they came home 
were ignored, according to Rambo. He blew up half a town in that movie and wiped out dozens of law enforcement officials. So naturally, as Rambo 2 opens, he's in prison, but he's set free by his old commanding officer, played by Richard Crenna, who has a secret mission for Rambo. He wants him to go back to Vietnam and photograph, only photograph, a camp where he suspects American POWs are being held. And if they only want snapshots... They got the wrong guy. So what we have here is a movie full of logical mistakes, a movie with a premise that we don't agree with, and yet I go the same way with you as an action picture. Mm -hmm. Now, somebody's going to say there should be a higher principle here in movie criticism. There but I'm just be. telling you, when I watched the film and I caught every mistake, I sat there and said, this is fun, and the movie carried me along. Well, that's good. That is a good one. I like the Rambo movies. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's some classic stuff. Okay. Uh, Red Dawn, that was 1984. Once again, we're <laughs> off by a year. Unbelievable. You're going to have to really think about the, the years you pick. Okay. Okay. And the number one movie for 1985, any guesses? Uh, Heaven Can Wait. I will say that Anthony Cumia, comedy hero of mine, really likes this movie. The King of Comedy. Back to the Future. Oh. <laughs> Back to the Future receives my highest recommendation as a film. Pretty good screenplay. And like all good screenplays uh, and all good movies, it starts out with something of, of universal interest, which right. is, in this case, what would it be like to meet your parents, as you pointed out, when they were kids? Because I think everybody grows up thinking, my parents were never young. And right. the fact is, the parents, this is the secret parents have from kids, right. they don't think they're ever old. Right. And so this movie plays with that paradox in such a, a beautiful way that it's not just a time travel picture, not just an action picture, I agree with you. It's a picture almost like Frank Capra would have made in which the underlying message of this communication between the generations is kind of I just hope that kind this, of beautiful. I hope that this title, Back to the Future, doesn't put off adults. Or Even when I said in the beginning, teen and, and time travel and young adult, I can't imagine anyone not liking this film. I really think this is a very special picture. I mentioned Capra. You know the Capra picture it reminds me of? You can probably guess. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful life. You bet. Because here's a case, once again, of somebody finding out through some kind of magical intervention that things aren't so bad. Uh, Back to the Future, 1985. Well, that certainly is iconic. Yep. Is that the one where he says, I got it from a Negro? No, that is Caddyshack. Oh, well, see, I snuck it in again. I, I see you're sneaking it in. I don't know why. I don't know why, but you seem to really love it. Any movies you remember from 85 that you're disappointed didn't make the top 10? Hell, hell, rock and roll. I was a little disappointed to see that The Breakfast Club. My I'm saying it. hell, hell, rock and roll. Was that 1985? Okay. The Breakfast Club was 1985? Yep. What about 16 Candles? Uh, hell, hell, rock and roll. Not in on the, this list. You want to see uh, Keith Richards and... Uh, Chuck Berry argue with each other. That's the movie to watch. Is that the Hail Hail Rock and Roll? Yeah. I see. Uh, Richard plays the riff wrong and Chuck Berry schools his ass. All right. And then they argue? Yeah. It's, it's, it's insanity, really, because Chuck Keith Richards is like the biggest rock star in the world, but Chuck Berry is like his hero. So he has to humble himself, and Chuck just takes some shit out on him for no reason. <laughs> it's really funny, man. That is from 1987. You oh, see? It. You missed oh, it by this much. Oh, oh, almost. Hey, it's for horses. Hey, it's for horses. Horseshoes. Mm -hmm. Almost is okay, not for horseshoes. All right. Uh, 
Was there anything else about 1985 you wanted to talk about? Uh, Let's see. What was I doing in 1985? A hell of a lot of acid, that's Mm -hmm. for sure. Were you? I did some, that's true. Okay. Uh, Mostly blotter on paper. Oh, okay. Uh, Nice. Thank you for the details. uh, Let's see. Oh, crack was uh was big in 1985. Was it? That was starting to come around. Crack was was starting to introduce itself in the form of oh it's not bad don't worry. Oh it's like coke but it's better. Who would say that? The people who had crack. I see. <laughs> the people who were selling it. Oh let me tell you something. Uh huh. You walk around Washington Square Park in 1985 at night. Uh huh. It smelled like burnt ping pong balls everywhere you went. Is that the smell of crack? That's what I thought it was, because I had burnt ping pong balls when I was a kid, and that was the only thing I could compare it to. Really? You look around, you see people in cars, they'd have torches and glass things up to their lips, and they'd be looking like Gil Scott Heron. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Um Yeah. People would smoke crack in a pipe. They wouldn't add it to weed or anything. Yeah, you know, this is how you, this is how it starts. Uh-huh. You, you put a little couple rocks on the weed, uh-huh. and before you know it, you just start getting the rocks without the weed. Oh! And then before you know it, I guess you need it every ten minutes. So how long does it last? I think the last the high only really lasted about fifteen minutes. And then you would want to get back to that. See, this is the problem. Uh-huh. It wasn't the high only last 15 minutes. It's that after the 15 minutes is worse than ever. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's the problem. How is it bad? I don't know. It's like you're jonesing to get that feeling again. It's like your body, your body gets such a shock of good feeling that then something happens and you're, you're fucked up. It's the opposite. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, crack is terrible. Anyone who got addicted to it, I'm, I feel sorry for your ass. I've tried it a few times, but I never got into it. I only put it on the weed. If you put a couple of rocks on the weed, you'll probably be all right. It's when you when you started smoking it by itself. Also, like if Coke on weed, it's not really, I don't know. It never really had that much of an effect. But crack, I guess, would have an effect. I never really so got... Cra- are you saying crack didn't wasn't the same as Coke as far as the way you felt? No, not the same. Not the same. See, I never did either. It's been over 25 years since I've tried any of that stuff. That's cool. So, uh... Crack is whack. Uh, cra- <laughs> crack would be uh, a quick thing. Uh-huh. And uh, coke would be more like a little bit longer. Yeah, but what... Okay, what what instance would you be like, oh, you know what? Before I do this thing, whatever the thing is, let me take a hit of crack. Like, what... No, what? you wouldn't do that. You, you wouldn't. would be like, I'm going to get some crack... And that's the thing. <laughs> so there was nothing you wouldn't be like, I'm going to smoke this bowl of weed and then watch uh-uh. a movie. No, but people would do that with Coke. You would, Coke would be more user-friendly. You could do a little Coke and it would just kind of keep you up, especially if you had a tolerance for it. I you guess you'd be like, I'm going to do this Coke and then we're going to the club to yeah. dance. Yeah, and or you would do it and you could have more creative energy and stuff. But then I think after a while, it has the opposite effect as well. But crack was like... The opposite effect instantly. So like the crack will crack will ruin your life in the what Mike Lindell said it. Crack will ruin your life within six months. Coke will ruin your life within twenty years. No, six years. And alcohol with twenty years. Is that what Mike Lindell was doing? Alcohol crack? will ruin your life twenty years. Coke after six years. Uh, crack after six months. 
I, what, okay, so let me ask you this: Have, What's what's the difference between crack and meth? Is I don't meth, know. I never tried meth. Is meth also a fifteen-minute thing? No, that well, that's the difference. Meth meth will last a long time, especially if you do enough of it. Then you won't sleep for hours. And what I is, think meth has. I think meth might last like ten times to twenty times as long as crack. Honestly, is it the same high? Or I don't is it know. Else? I never tried that shit, man. I mean, because I don't see as many people addicted to see, crack anymore, but I see meth is everywhere. When I was a kid, meth wasn't everywhere. And when I was a kid, you could do weed, acid, mushrooms, and coke. But anything other than that, you were into hard drugs. Uh -huh. Those were all still considered recreational soft drugs. Uh-huh. And so coke, that's why crack snuck in, because it was a friend of coke. I see. And coke was already allowed to the party, so they thought crack was cool. And crack was not cool. Crack was a maniac. It seems like crack... You let cocaine into the party, y'all can hang out. But then they, he brought his cousin crack over, and that motherfucker shot the whole place up. That's basically what it is. Oh, and so crack took over the city, and then it moved out, to, out of the city, and it scourged, scourged the rest of the country. And that's why crack still is in parts of the country now, but not in the main cities. Well, some parts, but not like it was. And why is why is meth everywhere? Is it just cheaper to make I don't and know. cheaper to? I don't know. I think that uh, if you do meth, it probably makes you feel amazing at first. What is meth exactly? Is it like powder? Ah, it's, uh, it's a crystal. I see. It's uh, but I think you can make it into a powder, also. And you and then they smoke it in their own pipes. You could smoke it, snort it. You could do anything you want with it. Hang out with it. Go see a movie. I see. Take it to dinner, you know. Meth is a nice guy, right. but then he turns on you. I don't. I don't. Know. I don't know. I never done that stuff. I haven't either. I have. I've only done the pot, the mushrooms. So and I'm saying, when I was a kid, that shit wasn't around. The acid. Although there are parts of the country, like if you were in California, meth was around. Meth started in California before it got to the rest of the country. Everything starts in California. I just don't understand why it's everywhere now. I don't understand why, what, like, what are pe people are doing it and what are they getting out of it? I don't know. I, I'm not going to find out. No, I don't want to find out. I'm, I'm, I'm quite content to not find out. I think it's like a good cup of coffee times like 7,000. A good cup of coffee times 7,000. That's a, that's, a, that's a little too, that's too little jittery for me. Yeah, and then when you don't have the coffee, you feel even worse. Not, not to mention... Look, if you don't sleep for three days, you don't have to be on any drugs. That's enough to fuck you up right there. Not sleeping is a bad enough drug. Do people do it because it makes them thin? I don't know why they do it. I don't either. <laughs> I just know those. I remember used to seeing those faces of meth posters. I love those faces of meth. You do? I love more in the faces of death, part oh. one and two. I like eating monkey brains. Ugh, I don't, I don't want to talk about that. Oh. Okay. All right. Well, we've gone through the top 10 songs, the top 10 albums, and the top 10 movies. We've talked about... Uh, now, what was the top fashion? What was hip in 1985? Let's see. I think uh, Miami Vice had a big impact on fashion. White t-shirts and sports jackets and puffy pants. I'm trying to remember what the I... Colors of Benetton. 
I'm trying to remember what I wore in 1985. Oh, you know what we were also wearing? A lot Heavy of? metal stuff. Yeah, I guess so. A lot of like uh, Motley Crue type of stuff. And also, um, not, not uh, ooh, she's a maniac, maniac. Oh, Jesus. What song? What, what, what movie? Flashdance. Flashdance. I think we were like wearing like. Workout clothing. Kind of workout clothing. The we had the socks that went up to your ankles. With the ankle frilly socks. What are they called? What are they called? Leg warmers. Uh, I, this might be it for 1985, Dave. I think next time we do a year, you'll have to choose more wisely. Oh, choose a risey. You are Paul Risley. Choose a Paul Risley. Paul Riser. Paul is Paul Riser. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, next time. Yeah, I had a purple Prada. You, because I asked you, I said, what year do you want to do? And you just shouted out. I shouted out 1985. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't say goodbye. I don't know why you're taking your headphones off. We have not ended the show. What? That's the end now. Oh, done. All right. Well, uh, that's the end of this episode, 1985, episode number 80 of the Middle Age Cool Kids Super Terrific Podcast featuring your pals, me and him. Uh, Not in and if you if you want to uh, see more of our shows or watch some Dave reaction videos, feel free to head over to our website at middleagecoolkids.com. Uh, if you have an idea for a show subject, let us know. Um, we're pretty open as long as it's, you know, I don't know. As long as it's, you know, I don't know. As long as it's about Nicolas Cage. Anything to do with Nick Cage, we're on. We've done a, a show about Nick Cage. It's number 34. And we might do another one because I'm very interested in this new movie that Richard Stanley directed. Uh, Color Out of Space. All right. We will see you next time, America. Take it, H. Huh, sweetie?